Hey there, Suns fans. Um, as everyone knows by now, on January 26, 2020, Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, and seven other, other individuals lost their lives in a tragic helicopter crash um, in Calabasas, California. And uh, to Suns fans, Kobe was always a nemesis. Uh, I think we can all say that. And Paul and I, after the news broke, uh, were talking about how difficult it was to actually process everything. So we figured we would put together a quick episode, really nothing scripted, nothing really ready to go. We aren't going to go through the normal song and dance that we do. Uh, we just wanted to put our thoughts out there about the uh, the passing of of Kobe Bryant. Um, and that's not to, of course, ignore the other folks who tragically lost, lost their lives in that crash as well. But in the context of the NBA, in the United States, around the world, um, Kobe Bryant was somebody who, well, changed changed the game, changed the face of the of the of the NBA in the 20 years he was there. So, like I said, we wanted to just get together, put a short episode, share our thoughts on what's gone on in the past at this time. Now, you know, 36 hours, and um, pay a little homage to to the Black Mamba uh, and. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't even know what I'll say. Like I said, nothing scripted here. <laughs> yeah, it was it's uh it's been a weird it's been a really, really weird day and a half since that news broke. I mean when um that got um the screenshot got dropped into our group chat and like some um Dan was asking, Is this real? And I I immediately like I immediately just like started like scrolling through Twitter. Cause like he saw that like so early, like it hadn't really processed with most of my feed yet. And then even still, as I was like reading through it, I, I didn't a hundred percent believe it was real until Woj tweeted it. I mean, just cause like TMZ has its reputation I mean, obviously, they have some history of kind of being accurate with these types of things. But at the same time, they're also they're TMZ. They're salacious. Right. They're trying to do all that stuff. And then the only other like confirmations that I was seeing was like local news in L.A., which, you know, arguably could have sources. But at the same time, they don't have the bandwidth that. So I was I was concerned that they were just kind of going off of like reporting what TMZ was reporting. So I just was waiting to hear that, you know, from somebody I considered official who like trusted that they had vetted it. Um, it was, and I, I even said it yesterday. I'm like, it surprised me how much it hit me. Cause I mean, there are, there are people in this world who I dislike. There are people in this, and there are people in this world who have passed away, and I dislike them. And I hate to say it, but there was a little bit of not joy, but um, you know, L lack of sorrow. Exactly that they that they were gone. Disinterest. And for somebody who. I sports hated for the better part of our fr friendship. Um, 
it was the exact opposite. Um, and it, that kind of surprised me a little bit just with the amount of like the periods of my life where I just could not stand this man. And I, I think I mentioned to you once in the past at a certain point that Kobe went from me hating him to me respecting him. I think that probably came about at a time when the Suns kind of sucked. So sure. like I didn't have to, I wasn't like watching him like uh, the Suns like actively competing against him for like a championship. The Suns weren't in the in the race, so I could like appreciate what he was doing and how he did it. And you know, see, also seeing that it was coming to an end around that time as well. And just kind of marveling of kind of what he pulled off. So I think it kind of changed there for me. Um, just about my um, my thoughts on the man, my feelings on the man. Um, and I think I've told you that you're going to do the same thing with LeBron. <laughs> um, you disagree with me, but <laughs> I, I, I do. I do now. But you know, I I had the same kind of evolution in terms of how I looked at Kobe towards the end of his career. I, I really more appreciated what he had done, what he even was doing at that time more so than I, I did not like him. And, and just to, and I didn't want to interrupt you. So I, I let you go, but I want to step back to the whole TMZ thing. The thing that caught me off guard when I first saw it was I, I, you know, clicked on the tweet, saw the, website page and and i'm looking at a screenshot i took of it right now and the, the headline was kobe bryant dies in helicopter crash everyone on board dead it just seemed to me like such a crass headline that it 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 i i truly believe that tmz must have gotten hacked and then you and then i would click on the link and, and it's crashed and i click on the link and there's um it, it would come up that they're having maintenance issues so that made me think even more. I'm like, oh, well, maybe they just got hacked, and it's 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 all a big joke, horrible joke, but a joke nonetheless. Obviously, that turned out to 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 not be the case. But you know, I I I had this a similar experience as as you did, Paul, in terms of processing this. I I started thinking about it, and I'm sure at least to a certain degree, part of it was because you know he's a father at the time we didn't know that his daughter was involved but uh still as a dad you look at it like oh my god these kids this wife um just just lost her father but even on top of that you know it, it still seemed like there was something there that was hard to take in and and i started reflecting on it a little bit more as hokey as that might sound because I was thinking, well, why is it so difficult to process? Why do I care so much about this? And, you know, it's one of those things where and I, I put some of this stuff out on Twitter the other day or yesterday. In part, I think about, you know, the, the span of Kobe's career. I mean, he was drafted when I was 14 years old. Right. He played in the NBA for 20 years. For all intents and purposes, during my formative basketball years, you know, when I really started my fandom, I mean, I was a Suns fan as a kid, but never realized what was going on necessarily emotionally wrapped up in it until, you know, I got into my early 
teens, you know, my those tween years kind of, and Kobe was right there from 14 to 34 in the NBA. So he kind of was the NBA for somebody like myself and like yourself, yeah. um, who, who sat there and watched him, uh, get drafted at, at a point in his life where he was four years older than us and, um, just watched him develop throughout his entire career, um, over those years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, our existence as NBA fans, you know, started with Kobe. I mean, we all, we both, you know, watched Michael Jordan growing up, but you know, we didn't understand the game yet. And like, we didn't like truly grasp how good he was. And then this guy comes along who's virtually a clone. So we got to actually almost experience Michael Jordan, but different because Kobe was different. Kobe was Kobe. And, you know, he had like Jordan had a killer instinct, but, um, Kobe's had a killer instinct too, but it was different. And I don't really know how to describe it, but, um, I, mean, I guess he, but I'd say, cause Jordan was this too, but like, they were both assholes in like the best way. And, um, I think that's, that's what made them great in a way. And that's also what made them so easy to hate if you were a fan of an opposing team. I, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to compare him to he's, and I think the only way I can kind of describe this is, you know, there are the Lakers fans who like live and die by Kobe. And the only way I can kind of grasp that in any way is how we've talked about Philip rivers. Everybody Mm -hmm. else hates him. Because mm-hmm. he talks crap, he you know he plays with a swagger, but if he's your guy, you know you'll ride with him, and you see the other side of him, right? And you see like what that brings to a team, what that brings to a sport, what that brings to him individually to um, achieve their greatness. And, um, honestly, I think, and this is completely going on a different lane, but honestly, I'm, I think what really struck me more and what has kind of hit me more is, you know, Kobe's basketball career was done, but he was starting to do so much more, so much different, which was interesting. And, you know, you see, you know, you see the guys who are previous generations. Like you see Bill Russell still around. You see Kareem still around. You see Jordan. You see these guys grow up and kind of do whatever they do. And, you know, it's all well and good. But, you know, it's just kind of, it's just so weird to be like, oh, no, I'm not going to see what's going to, what's next for him. And that just, it's just, it's just weird. And just the thing about public figures um, is they let you in, in a way, whether they intend to or not, that you feel like you know them. So I think that's why when public figures pass away, particularly whether you're a fan or in the case of like us, um, for most of our lives, um, the opposite, they're in your life in a way that, um, just, it touches you and it affects you. So when 
their position in that changes, it 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 affects you even more than I mean I hate to say it just you know other people who pass who you know it's sad that they passed but you had no personal connection to them in any way. Right, and I, I think that that connection is something that's interesting because that's something that came to mind for me as I was thinking about processing all this and why it's so impactful to me. And and that's because, sure, when Kobe was on the court, he was, like I said earlier, a nemesis. He was the son's antagonist. Um, you know, he had gone on the record before, and I think it was, I think it might've been after his last game against the Suns and said, yeah, I hated the Suns. They were, they were a rival. And he referenced, I think, Sacramento. And he said, you know, they weren't really a rival because we beat them all the time, but the Suns beat me twice in the playoffs. Um, and you think about all the emotion that he elicited from you as a fan, from me as a fan, from you as a fan, from other fans out there. And whether it was, positive emotions, if you will, like Laker fans, or whether it was what I'll call negative emotions, you know, disdain, hatred, perhaps as a player um, from from fans of other teams. At the end of the day, he made us all care. You know, right. he, he what he did on that court um, uh, evoked emotion and passion from fans that really few players can do. I mean, let's look at you know, other, if you will, you know, public enemies of the Phoenix Suns. Uh, recently, we've got the Morris brothers, right? <laughs> Nobody likes the Morris brothers, but, but they don't really elicit any trash. Even, even, I'll even say Robert Ory, you know, I never, we don't like him as Suns fans, but I don't think he ever elicited the kind of the visceral feeling that, that Kobe did, at least not for, you know, a span of 20 years. And it's one of those things where I I was on Twitter and I'm seeing folks, you know, posting things saying, oh, man, I can't believe, you know, I was so anti him or, you know, I booed that man like all the time. And maybe I shouldn't have. I'm a jerk. And I'm sure a lot of that was in jest. But at the end of the day, you have to look at it from the perspective, too, of, you know, Kobe loved that. That's what he wanted. I'm 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 sitting here thinking, well, I'm not going to I'm never going to. I'm never going to apologize for booing Kobe or for, you know, heckling Kobe because that's what drove him. And instead of, you know, looking at it from the perspective of, hey, he's a guy that I just couldn't stand. You know, he he truly was a guy that just evoked emotion and passion from from players, from from fans. And, And frankly, you know, I think a lot of that was driven by the passion that he showed for the game. And and ultimately, you look at it from a more human perspective and realize when you put aside the rivalries, put aside wins and losses and what have you, he's a guy that truly left an impact on fans, whether they're Laker fans, Suns fans, Spurs fans, Timberwolves fans, whoever. Um, he, he elicited so that type of emotion and, and that's truly what he brought to the game. And I think for that, we all you know owe a lifetime of gratitude to that guy. Right. And I think, I think, cause like I try to look, I've been trying to, when we decided to do this pod, I started to try to look back and like, just think about like all my memories of him. And I was weirdly like, I, I kind of wish there was an ability for me. Like 
I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm rambling here. Um, I've listened to a handful of various podcasts today of like people who are in sports media and when I talk and like the sports radio and things like that, talk about, you know, losing Kobe and whatnot. And they're coming from a perspective of, you know, as media, they kind of take in the whole league. They've kind of divorced themselves from fandom, um, as best they can. So they're, they, they appreciate greatness. They were able to appreciate it better in the moment. Whereas because we were fans of a team, particularly a rival team of his in his division, we played him a lot. You know, he, he prevented us from potentially going to the finals at least once. Um, we, I didn't get to enjoy him the way I kind of, in hindsight, kind of wish I could, um, you know, like, and even like, like, you know, his big moments, like the 81 points or whatever, like I looked at my entire life looking at that was like with a disdainful effort. I was looking at it like, Oh, look how like selfish he was. You know, he was like kind of going for, for, you know, a record, things like that. He was, it wasn't like pure basketball or, you know, one of my favorite basketball moments ever is when Raja Bell clotheslined him. <laughs> you know, that's my memory of Kobe. And then as a player, but, you know, seeing him now after he's been done playing and it's actually surprised me how well he's taken retirement. He took retirement. Um, you know, you see him at events, you see him doing whatever project he's doing. It seems like he has a joy that he didn't have when he was a player. And I don't know if that's his kids and, you know, Gigi, his daughter, um, you know, she, she lost her life as well in the crash. And it says from all, all accounts, she was, his child who was as much into the game as he was. And it, it gave him a second life in the sport because he was able to pass on, um, this knowledge and this experience. And, you know, he coached her and he was able to get her access to be around other players so that she can learn from them as well. And, you know, her, her life, um, you know, was just getting started. Um, and we, you know, there was a, um, who was it? Who, uh, I'm trying to remember who said it today. Oh, um, I, I don't know. Oh, Kobe said it. I think he was on Jimmy Kimmel and he was talking about how, you know, people would come up to him and say that he needs to have a son to, you know, carry on the legacy. And if she was present at the time, she's like, no, I got this. You know, and, you know, clearly that is very, a very Kobe thing. And, um, I'm sad to see that go as well as I'm sad that the other seven people on the plane passed away as well. You know, her teammates, her teammates, parents, um, coaches, the pilot, um, it's just a sad day that unfortunately be unfortunately or fortunately because 
Kobe was part of the accident, it's getting the attention these types of tragedies deserve, no matter who it is. All right. All right. And, and, you know, I'll go back just to your, your comment about the Raja Bell clothesline. And I think that's a perfect embodiment of that, that, that passion that, that Kobe evoked from other people. I mean, right. how often does an NBA player clothesline <laughs> full on WWE clothesline another player? And how often does that get a reaction from the clotheslining players fans <laughs> that was, you know, so positive? I mean, all of us wanted to be the one that was clotheslining Kobe. And, 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 you know, you think about what's quintessential Kobe, you think back to his comments after that game where he was like, who is this kid? I don't even know this kid. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Maybe he didn't get hugged enough when he was, you know, things like that. Um, you know, he was just, I mean, <laughs> He was, he, he was a cutthroat guy. Um, you know, another thing, a story that always comes to mind with Kobe is the whole Matt Barnes thing. Right. When, uh, when Matt Barnes joined the Lakers, and I think Kobe was involved in getting him there, he's made a comment, um, something to the effect of, you know, when Matt Barnes had faked throwing the ball in Kobe's face and Kobe didn't flinch, and everyone's like, oh, oh, oh well, Kobe, you know, Matt Barnes getting showed up by Kobe. But when Kobe then recruited him to the Lakers, he was like, Anybody crazy enough to screw with me like that is crazy <laughs> enough to play with me. And and I think that's that's awesome. It shows that mentality that Kobe had that, you know, he wants people doing that. He thrives off of it. And you know what? If you're going to be the type of guy that's going to have a mentality and attitude like him, then then he wants to play alongside you. And, you know, to to, you know, touch on the post NBA Kobe as well. I think you're right. You know, he definitely took to retirement. You see how much he was around in Gigi and her games. You hear all the stories about Kobe helping younger players during the offseason, working with them, things like that. And he's one of those guys that, you know, when he retired, he kind of stepped away from the NBA. You didn't hear him associated with the NBA a whole lot, but it seems like as of late, he was starting to kind of be more on the scene, if you will. Right. And he's one of those players where you think what what could have been what was he leading into? What what else did he have to offer to the NBA, to the sport of basketball worldwide that has now been taken away from us? And it sucks. Yeah. Sucks. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think back. I mean, has there, has there, at least not in my time as a fan of basketball, there hasn't. I don't, I'm blanking if there was, um, you know, a tragedy like this of like a, a player, either player or former player, star player at that, um, you know, who, you know, lost their life for whatever reason. Obviously there was like Len Bias, but that was, um, that was before, that was, a, you know, a wasted potential kind of thing. Whereas, um, you know. I just, I, I, just, I, I, I think, think of, of, I think, I think of Reggie Lewis. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, and I don't remember what year that was, but I remember that was terrific. I want to say that was a mid to late, mid to late nineties, maybe early nineties. I, I don't have much memory of that. I, cause I was, I think that was really before I really started to get into the sport. I was kind of a late adoptee to, 
basketball as a sport. Sure, I gotcha. It was '93 is when that. Like, that that's definitely yeah, because I didn't even really pay attention to basketball until I moved to Phoenix, and so that was right about '93. So I wouldn't even known. Yeah, who Reggie Lewis was so that that was one of them, and and there might be others that were were yeah. missing, and obviously we don't intend to, but we are again just kind of going off the cuff with our thoughts. This this might be this episode, frankly, might be a little more for you and me than for anybody else, Paul, because I feel like yeah. it's nice to get this conversation out and to discuss it, um, especially as basketball fans and as human beings right and maybe to some extent hearing us talk about it helps with whatever other people might be going through and now i sound like super dramatic and whatnot but <laughs> you know it, it it it's it's the truth i mean again when when it was first hitting me i i definitely thought what the hell like why is this bothering me so much and then it seems like that is the sentiment amongst other fans as well um and and you know at this point it's just a matter of dealing with it seeing the different tributes and what have you continue and and hope that they continue as they should and um the world moves on maybe with uh, one big part of it missing um multiple big parts missing for certain folks at the end of the day uh, i i don't even know what at the end of the day at the end of the day we we continue to be fans and we appreciate everything that he did for for the sport that we all love and maybe sometimes love a little too bit too a little too much i think that's a good place to end it yeah 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 rest in peace kobe rest in peace all you others on that flight and kobe thank you for everything you did for the nba Thank you for everything you did for us as fans.